Hey guys, it's Tati. Welcome back to another Worldviews podcast. Today we have our guest with us, Jade Griffin. Yo, what's up everybody? I'm an artist. I'm 22 and I really just love what I do. So to start off, I wanted to just you talk about like where you're from, you know, how did you grow up and if that actually if that has any impact on your art. Okay, well, I'm Jade. I'm 22 and I'm based and born and raised in Florida, especially South Florida in Fort Myers. I'm born in a small small town and I can definitely say that how I grew up culturally it definitely had an impact on my art especially with a lot of the colors that I use like I just grow up just seeing a lot of colors just being worn by family members and I wear a lot of colors and colors has just always been a thing of mine to express myself in especially within my work so even with that a lot of the experiences that I went through growing up and a lot of the things that I've seen growing up around me and the environment that I've been in, it inspires my work. And just a lot of just self-exploration really inspires a lot of the concepts that I explore as well, too. So I'm going to get a little comfortable because I feel a little awkward. There we go. <laughs> I felt a little awkward. I was like, yeah. Um, so colors, you said that you grew up around here and that's where you found, like, your love for colors in different areas like that. Mm-hmm. But today you're wearing all black. <laughs> it's so weird. I know. It's so weird. But it's like wearing all black is like a uniform for me. And just even coming around family and they see me wearing all black, even friends, they'll kind of be like, why is you wearing, especially in like that tone of voice they'll be like why is you wearing all black and it's hot outside and it's just like can I just can I just live can I just be me for like one second because it's like mm-hmm. I know I wear a lot of black but it's what I feel the most comfortable in and it's what feels right for me at the moment and mind you I really do I do wear a lot of different colors but it just depends on how I feel and if I'm just feeling real chill or just regular like I'll just wear all black it's kind of like my uniform for me mm-hmm. so, and like obviously you express yourself through color, so there must be a lot of color going on within you, obviously. Oh, yeah. So that's something. Um, what are your thoughts on creating art? And like, does it ever feel like a lonely task? Like I know, like when I used to paint, um, I just it, even in class and in, in school when I took the art classes that I took, I'd have to be in the studio a lot and away from my friends. I have to like, I can't take like my oil paints with me everywhere I go. So I wonder how that experience is for you. Right, I feel the same way because you can't, you can't take your paints with you, but I feel like it's crucial to be in the present moment. And when you get to a place where you can create, that's where you really just draw all of those experiences and the things that you've seen and the things that you felt with those people that you've experienced it with. So I feel like that moment of solitude is needed when you're creating because it can be a lonesome task physically when you are creating, but when you are creating, I feel like it definitely comes from a place of experience and a place from soul. It comes from the soul and especially what you put out, it can come from the source. And what I mean by source, it can come from 
just from intuition. Mm-hmm. And I am I consider myself a very spiritual person. I grew I grew up just off of Christianity and the more I grew and the more that I found myself, I just found my own path towards spirituality and ever since then I just really incorporate that into my practice as well. And that's why I also feel like when you are creating it comes from the soul and a lot of the things that you feel and just with that when you're alone you have that ability to not limit yourself and to really express how you feel without anybody watching or anybody really judging how you feel or judging when you put what you put down on the paper or on canvas and whatever you choose to really paint on or draw on creating alone really just I feel like that's I feel like that's a special experience on its own. I feel like it's a very intimate experience, too. I feel like. I think it is, too. Right? Because, like, I don't like editing with people around me. I'll do it, but I'll have my headphones on. Like, no one can hear the audio. No one exactly. can hear what's going on. I feel the same way, yeah. especially because I have siblings. I have a sister, and I have a, I have my partner, too. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'll come in or they'll come over, and it's just like I can enjoy my time with them, but I feel like... I can I can create with them in the room, but I feel like it's a more intimate practice when you're doing it on your own. Yeah, it's like journaling, kind of. Like you wouldn't do that. Usually, you do it on your own. You're more in depth with yourself. I think more in tune with yourself, like you said, the intuition statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I feel like, especially with painting or creating mm-hmm. art, I feel like it's another form of journaling, except it's like a visual experience that you get to see, yeah. or that you get to share with other people. And they can draw their own perceptions and their own experiences from what you create. And even at times, say, you'll get that famous question. They'll ask you, or what inspires you? Or what motivated you? Or what inspired you to create this piece or that piece? And that's something that we can say that we get a lot. Yeah. Um, That's actually my next question is, like, what are any artistic influences you have or um, inspirations? Like, maybe artists that you've, you've... it's not aspired to be I think you're aspired to be yourself but that have inspired you if if there is any yes there are definitely a couple artists that inspires me to share more of myself and to become more vulnerable I would say just starting with some of the greats I would say George Kondo definitely at the forefront and Picasso especially with a lot of the impact that he has created for the generations to come and especially because Picasso, he created, especially if you study him mm-hmm. and really just study the works that he created, because not only he created Cubism, but he created a lot of other forms of art that people used to say he created Cubism. People say he mimicked it and used it in his paintings. I don't know. I'm asking you. I would say maybe he created his own form of it because of the way that he mimicked it. He created his own form and turned it into something new. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that also has a play in art as well because we can all be inspired by someone, but it's our job as artists to create something new and a new experience for people to share and to feel. I always say art inspires art. Like I feel like you can like you can see this visual and that can inspire me to make a song or something. Like I don't think that like 
we should like hold it, each other like, like that against someone. I I don't know. That's what I feel like. Some people be like, oh, like mm-hmm. you shouldn't. You should be yourself and not find any inspiration with within the world. But you live within the world, so it's like it's kind of hard to just be like, okay, let me shut off from everybody and just pretend like no one exists. Exactly. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, but. Exactly, and I feel like as an artist, especially myself, that's what that's what I used to think. I used to think that okay, I need to shut myself away from any other artist or anything else that inspires me, and just really create solely off of just what I feel. And truly, when we see other people's work, that's what kind of just gets us going into yeah. creating something. Yeah. So I would say that definitely art imitates art, but it's important to really recognize what's inspires you but not to necessarily copy verbatim yeah it's that's really different when you just steal somebody's like like imagine like virgil having pyrex someone just making exactly pyrex like exactly. that doesn't make sense exactly yeah um okay another question would be what is your favorite i know you do other things other than just painting mm-hmm. you also told me you, you write poetry you yeah. you you want to get into music at some point right yeah definitely at some point maybe um maybe just start off maybe creating instrumentals but poetry was something that i really dove into at the same time when i started creating art when i was younger um creating art and doing poetry was something that i did um in tandem Mm -hmm. and around that time when i was younger those are some things that i really just kept to myself but it's something that i knew that that i wanted to do I knew that I wanted to create art and poetry. It was just something that flowed because I didn't, I didn't really have an outlet to really express myself, especially talk. Because it's ironic that I'm here at a podcast right now. And growing up, I, I was just a, a really quiet person. Yeah. I'm really quiet and I'm really standoffish a lot. And I didn't really know how to express myself to other people. So. That really just led me to turn to poetry and to turn to art to really express myself through those avenues. And and as I started creating, you know, I started to, you know, think to myself, like, this is, I like this. Yeah. And I like doing these things because after I've created a piece or after I created a piece of poetry, I look at it and I read it and I'm like, wow, this really, it means something to me. Yeah. And it's something that came from my mind and I turned into the physical and it makes me feel like I've accomplished something personally more than just like an, like an outward thing. And when I create, it does come from the heart. It does come from the soul and it came from a personal experience or a story or something that I've seen, I said, or something that I felt or something that I thought about. It even originates from an an idea or a perspective I use it kind of like as my way as of like either sort of like a a language or a way to really express the way that I feel about something and that was really like the main thing that really drove me to creating it was a way for me to really say how I felt about something and I feel like it will continue to be that for me as long as I let it and I aim to let it be that for a long time. Yeah, I feel like, like you said, there's like, sometimes you don't have words for how you feel. And so you, mm-hmm. you turn to music or you turn to artistic outlets 
to express that to get it out of you i feel like once you do it's kind of like purging it out of you exactly kind of like helps you through those emotions i feel like uh, there was one time i did a, por- a portrait and i was like bawling my ar- my eyes out like doing it um listening to music as well too but mm. just also painting it and being alone for me is just it's not that lonely like you said it's kind of like you're with yourself and you're getting in tune and right. um you can't hide from yourself in those moments because you're just alone and you're with that canvas and you have to put them put them out with mm-hmm. in a visual stance like you said um i think that also it's kind of like, a, like having this portrait here it's like a window into like your mind things that you couldn't say but you could draw and you could make and it's just it's really cool to see exactly but what was your favorite medium of would be to, to for self-expression would it be writing would it be music would it be painting or do you not have a favorite can you not choose that's a really good question that is a really really good question hmm if I were to go back and really think about what, just off of instinct, what I was drawn to first, when I first started even just creating in general, mm-hmm. I would say, I would definitely say, I would definitely say painting, because that's something that just really just came second nature to me, or one mm-hmm. of like the first natures for me and it was something that I was drawn to because I have always been drawn to vibrant colors and creating and I have this sketchbook at home um it's it's a sketchbook that I kept when I was really younger and I've been drawing a lot since then but like I haven't kept it but that's the only (laughs) that's the only sketchbook that I have and I flip through it every now and then and I looked (laughs) I looked at this um this piece that I did with a crayon and it was kind of just like a whole bunch of different gradients of color yeah. like a diff- different hues of like purples and greens and bl- blues and just combining those colors together and just to see how they work together mm-hmm. and I called it some, I forgot verbatim but it's um it, it was um explosion and I called it an explosion because that's what it looked like a colorful explosion and I think I created that with a classmate of mine, and I just kept it ever since in my sketchbook. And it's something that I really think about a lot. I think about that sketchbook a lot. So, does it keep you motivated and like inspired by it every time you look at it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially even when I just look at it and think about it, um, I also just think about how everything just really just came full circle for me, mm-hmm. especially when I was younger because. I, I knew, it was strange how I knew at that age that this is something that I wanted to do initially. Um, like, I just got so inspired and enthused by it that I was just like, hey, to myself in my head, I was like, this is what I want to be. I want to be an artist. This is what I want to be. I like creating and I just like being in solitude and just taking in the experiences that I just go through through life and I just like expressing that on canvas or on paper or whatever that I use that that's in front of me. I just like I just love doing that. Mm-hmm. And um I would say poetry came like sometime after that when I can't when I started um going to middle school and I was going through my phases like any other kid that age and mm-hmm. I just needed an outlet to really just to write in or just write out my thoughts and to write out my feelings. And now I just kind of use 
art and poetry in tandem as together. And I even think about how I even stopped making art around sometime in high school and even after that, how just life just really just turned back around and I started just picking up and doing what I said I wanted to do back then when I was a kid in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And it's that that thought always just been in the back of my mind. Like, you know this is what you want to do. It was like that instinctual thing again when you know you have, when you know you, you're thinking about something and, you know, you, you think and you just say to yourself, you know, I should probably do this. And then you have that second thought that comes into your head or you have like an outside thought that's mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I should do this and do this. And then you do that second thing. Mm-hmm. And then you do that second thing, and it didn't turn out as you thought it would. And then after it's said and done, you're just like, damn, I should have went with that first, first initial thought, thought yeah. how, how I originally wanted to. And that's how really a lot of things really turned out into my life, how I really just let secondhand opinions or secondhand thoughts just really take a hold of a decision and... At a certain point, I just decided, like, I'm just going to do something and go with it because right then and there, I, I knew that my first initial thought was potentially the best thing for me to do on that first instinct. So with that being said, I would definitely say that creating art would be my first thing, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that we a lot of people do that. We always, like you know, have mm-hmm. that fear mindset sometimes and, and go with the easy way, like the easy path, thinking it's easy, but it's not as fulfilling. Definitely. So we kind of just go back to like, oh, well, my my actual real feelings inside told me, that pulled me towards art, pulled me towards this direction, and I kind of went against it. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like a part of like cultivating that, intuit- that intuition and, and trusting your gut. Exactly. So, yeah. I wonder, do you have any like... Um, like, I have a lot of thoughts on that yeah. that subject. Um, just letting fear and just letting fear just take a hold of your mindset mm-hmm. and just just going with the easy way and I've done that for a long long time and it took me a while to realize that the easy way is not for me because the easy way isn't truly the easy way no. the easy way is actually going with your first instinct it's, it's like resistance like you're going against yourself like you're going you're pushing against the current if you're trying to like it, it's something that comes natural to you you should push it out like and, and work with it and flow with it but then people like pull push against it sometimes thinking it's the easy way like you said mm-hmm. um, exactly yeah. exactly and that's how i was for a while I would just push against myself because I thought I needed to do this. I thought I needed Mm. to become, like, this professional athlete. I thought I needed to become, like, this this person who just made a lot of money. I thought I needed to be this person who needed to be in the medical field just to help people because it's the right thing to do. And, Mm. you know, I can help people in the way that I know best and that's through creating and sharing my vulnerability and experiences and that's the best way for me to help people and I had to realize that um, later down the line a couple years later I had to realize that not not it's just the easy path it's just not for everyone and going to medical school going to college and 
going or getting into business going into just any other regular field that's not creative it may work for some people but then again you have to really realize within yourself and really get to know yourself that that it's not for you and it didn't take me until I got I got into college my first semester and where did you go here like you went to college out here uh what school I went to FSW okay. it was like a community college out here mm-hmm. I went for like one term and I took like sociology and I was really good at it and mm. it was one of those things where my teacher he wanted to be I don't want to say a sponsor but he wanted to basically write off for me to go on to just continue on with the subject he wanted to like just vouch for me to go on to the next phase of sociology because he felt like I was you know like this is it like this is for you you understand the concept very well and you understand the the um, logical aspects mm-hmm. and the mental aspects behind studying people and social groups and mm-hmm. that's basically what sociology is and he he just wanted me to continue on and I and I thought to myself like I, I know that I'm really I'm very observant, and I feel like a part of that is, you know, what really draws me more into creating and is the reason behind me creating instead of just going into sociology because it wouldn't initially make me happy. I know I'm good at it, and I know I'm good at... I know I have the potential to be good at a lot of things, but I have to really think to myself what makes me happy and Mm -hmm. what can I see myself doing in the long run. And that's not something that I saw myself doing in the long run. What do they do in the long run? I'm not sure what like a sociology what what a sociologist do. Study people and like implement certain things? Yeah, like kind of like they do. They study social groups, social, Mm -hmm. agricultural and economic groups of people, let's say let's say study just groups of people in social situations as well and Mm -hmm. see how people adapt or see what people do in just situations throughout life. Mm -hmm. Let's say sociologists can really just study a group of the LGBT as a whole and how they would react to, let's say, um, a protest and how it would affect them mentally or how it would affect them in the long run or how would it affect them and how they move throughout life within the future. Let's say something like that. So Hmm. that's pretty much what I've done. Yeah. And I liked it. It's kind of like a different form, different form of psychology. Mm -hmm. Psychology, you study the individual. And sociology, you study groups of people. Yeah. And not even just just a certain group of people, just just different elements of people and how they make up society today mm-hmm. and society going forward. So that's not something I saw myself doing in the long run. And when I was when I took my first semester, I was just like, uh, like every day I went there, I was like, what the fuck am <laughs> what the fuck am I even here for? Like. I just had no idea what I was doing there, especially I knew what I wanted to do. Like, I would just, in between classes or after classes, I would just see myself just going, 
just going to their art department, just wandering around their art department and seeing hmm, what kind of art do they have in here? Yeah. Like what kind, of, what kind of art can I see? And they had like an art gallery, and I was just like, like I should be here. I should be taking these academic courses. I should not be taking like, I shouldn't be in homeroom. I shouldn't be. I guess I shouldn't be taking algebra or anything like that. So with with knowing that and learning that, um, you just, did you stop going to school or were you like, yeah, right, you went back into your passion? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely stopped going to school. And at that, at that time, I was living up to the expectation that we have at our age, especially that, um, that immediately after high school that we have to go to college and yeah. that we have to make, while we're in college, we have to go either full-time or part-time and at that time I was doing school full-time and I was working full-time at like oh, a geez. like a stressful ass job and then I was trying to maintain my social life and mm-hmm. then still spend time with family and yeah. the way that that worked out I went to school in the morning and literally 30 minutes maybe to an hour I would take going to work and from day in and day out I would be school work school work barely had time to hang out and and when I didn't hang out, and even touch any art, did you have time to do any of that either? Like, no, no, probably not, right? Yeah. But I did. I did kind of make time for it when I was um when I was working because I I'd work like a little cubicle job and it was so stressful because we had um we had to make sales. Mm-hmm. I was kind of tricked into that job. I read the job application and I was looking like okay, so I just had to just help people with basic stuff. Like I worked at Comcast and I was working over the phones and I thought I just had to help people. Like, you know, if your remote wasn't working, I'd troubleshoot basically. I'd help yeah. troubleshoot their TV, their remotes, their little like cable boxes and help them get technicians out. Sometimes they'll even call in just, just to cuss you out. They'll call just to cuss you out. And I'd be so nice to people over the phone, but because I know it would be stressful, but damn, they just was like, I just want to cuss, cuss you out for the day, you know? It was just like a sense of relief for them. Like, what? <laughs> no, listen, because as soon as I answered the phone, beep, thank you for calling Comcast. How can I help you? And they just go off, and I'm just like... <laughs> can't even yell at them. Can't even do nothing. Can't hang up the phone, nothing. You can, because if you hang up the phone, they'll you will get in trouble, or they yeah. would fire you, and I'm just like... So yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Like no, <laughs> like immediately Dang. after break, I would just like throw fists, yeah. like throw fists at the air, like like you know you want to say something but you can't because this is this is your job and you have to make a living. And yeah. I would just talk to those people that that's been there doing that same thing, taking those same type of calls for like 10, 12, 15 years, just sitting in a small cubicle. And I would say if you had like. And they would tell me that they had the opportunity to advance in that, and they didn't take it because they said it would be too much. And even with too much, like they want like to advance in the the like in that career or that um Comcast place, like they could advance up, go you know higher ranking or whatever, whatever. Yeah, kind of like a managerial position, or they didn't want to because it would be too much work. Yeah, like too much, like too much work. They would say and. They would demote themselves back to that cubicle position where they would be just taking calls, clock in, clock out, and then go home. And I just thought about that. And 
I would think about that every day. I thought about that. No, literally, like I thought about that every day, and that really stuck with me. Mm. That shit really stuck with me. Not only it stuck with me, it's like I already had that mindset. Like I already knew deep in the back of my head that I just. It was just one of those things that you just push into the back of your head, and you're just mm. trying to take the easy route, going to college and yeah. doing this and doing that. Yeah. And after a certain while, like I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. Especially with me, I need that. I need that freedom. freedom. I need that sense mm. of freedom. That's something that has always stuck with me too. Like I just need to have a sense of freedom in this life, and this is not it. It's very self-containing, and. I had a <clears throat> excuse me. Mm. I had a whole mental breakdown, and one time um, there would be times where it would just be so stressful trying to maintain A's and B's, and I'm not a damn A and B student. So. It could be though. It's like you could be, but it's like I don't want to try harder. <laughs> exactly. I feel like you're very intelligent. I think, like especially making art like this. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. But it's like, and I heard that before too, and it's really flattering, but it's like, it's like, I feel like I'm very intelligent, but when it comes to things I really don't want to do, it's like, I don't. Exactly. I I think that for me and my grades slack because I'd be editing way more than I'd be doing my homework or studying. I pass my classes. I know how to pass. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. stupid. I could do better. It's just I'd rather be doing this. And so that's why I pick up on myself. At, I'm not unintelligent. It's just I don't need it. Like, it's A and a B. Like, what is it going to do? I don't know. What's it going to do for me in life? Like, oh, I got an A and B. And like, you know, when you're 30 years old, wow, I got an A and B. Like, you know, I don't care about that shit. It doesn't do anything for you. I just, I, that's why I just don't like school in the no. system. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. So. No, because that be me. Like, yeah. that's exactly how I be feeling. Like, I don't know what it's going to do for me. And then, and it's like, okay, I can turn in, in a, any assignment and just do, do, boom, turn it in. And then I do a test and then I get the test back. And it's oh, like, I hate tests. I hate tests. Well, you didn't, like, no. <laughs> Why did I get a 32? Right, but the grades be good, but the tests, I can't. I think it's, I don't yeah. know if it's stress or what. I just mm. don't like tests. I also don't study very well. Like, I don't do that very well. I procrastinate a lot, so it's not good for me. Yeah, like, I would I would always second-guess myself, mm-hmm, like, on too. tests. Mm-hmm. And I'll just be, like, panicking, and then I'll be, like, 10 minutes left. And I'm just <laughs> yes. like, it's yeah, it's a lab experiment. Cause how are you going to give the, everybody 30 minutes or whatever, t- an hour to do a yeah. test? Every single person ain't the same. So it just doesn't make sense to me. That's why I just... Exactly. To piggyback off what you were saying about school, though, I wanted to say that while I was hearing you talk, I was thinking about the fact that we have no time to actually cultivate the things inside of us. Instead, of instead we just, like, be in school learning what they want to teach us, and that's it. And you have to do what they say on an authoritative way, kind of like, you know, that's your teacher. You have to do this mm-hmm. class. If you don't go to school, you, you know, it's just you don't excel in life is what they say. I don't believe that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just don't think you have the time to, like, actually figure out, oh, I, this the thing that I've always wanted to do when I was a child is the thing that I've always wanted to do, but I didn't have the time because you guys kept me busy in classes and doing homework that I didn't want to do and stuff yeah. like that. That's what, I mean, some of the homework I appreciated, things that were, like, artistic, like when you talked about um, poetry, yeah, like I, I learned a lot of uh, Edgar Allan Poe and... Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah and shakespeare shakespeare is somebody i like too um those two people learning about them if i didn't go to school i wouldn't have known about maybe i would have known about them maybe maybe or not Mm. but um those are the things i definitely like liked and it helped me cultivate um my writing and artistic portions of myself that's what i can give that's the only thing i can give to school that's the only thing but other than that the busy work that they keep giving us is annoying. Going to like corporations like Com- Comcast and just working for corporations is just busy work. Busy work till the day I die. I don't want to do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I, I feel you. It, it it is busy work, and for a long time they they really just make it a priority to really just make people believe that this mm-hmm. is what you're supposed to do and this is how you're supposed to be doing it mm-hmm. this is you you are supposed to go to school you are supposed to go to college after you graduate and then still with thousands of dollars in debt and then you spend the rest of your life paying debt and paying more bills because mm-hmm. you still gotta have somewhere to stay you have to have transportation yeah. you still have to eat so it's like it's debt on top of debt on top of debt and we really do spend the most of our lives working Working because we have to maintain and we have to survive and with that that doesn't really allow us enough time to really cultivate the things that we love yeah, yeah. so it's very true we don't get to water our own gardens at all they perish and then we try to come back and we figure it out we we make our way back to ourselves at some point some exactly. people don't they get you know yep, and some stuck in the rat race but and some yeah. people don't and that actually worries me a lot like i think about that and Luckily, like, I've just had that thing where I was younger where I just was so certain on what I wanted to do. And I've just never been fucking good at school. I've never (laughs) been good at school. I haven't. I really haven't. And it's like, I have my sister. And she was just always, she was always the one to get straight A's. Straight A on a roll. Straight, straight A's and B's. And Mm -hmm. I was the one that was just trying to maintain C's and B's. Is she artistic too, or...? Or would or would you say the artist of the family? Like, what if she's probably just like more into academic academia? Is and, it? and it's weird because she's naturally she's naturally smart. She's Aww. naturally smart, and if it wasn't for my mom, she would she would have probably been in the same grade at as me because she was one of those kids that had the opportunity to skip grades and skip in advance towards different grade levels and skill levels and she just my mom just really just chose to let her just go through you know just go through school regularly and my sister she's only a year younger than me we're only a year apart so when I was in 10th grade she was in 9th grade and she really had the opportunity to even skip a grade and even become in the same grade as me so it was it's kind of crazy to think about because as, as hard as I tried, school was never for me because I always found myself goofing off in class, doing stupid shit, shit, even skipping class. That's something I even, never even said that I did yeah. up until now. So <laughs> I would skip class too. I what what if your mama sees this? <laughs> She'd be like, I don't care. At this point, you're 22. Yeah, you know what? She would be like, you know what? At least you passed. Okay, At this point, yeah. you ain't in school no more. It don't even matter. Yeah. So like, it wouldn't even matter to her anymore at this point now that they see that this is something that i'm really 
passionate in and I'm really mm-hmm. working hard to make happen it's like mm-hmm. okay they just kind of let me do my thing yeah. because it's like it's one of those things where I grew up always doing my own thing despite what anybody had to tell me even them and it's like you know what we'll finally just let her do her thing this yeah. is what she wants <laughs> she's been doing her. it she's been trying to do it forever she's been doing it just, just let, let her be like right just yeah. let her do it it's what she loves if she if she loves it we love it yeah you know type of thing and my mm-hmm. dad he's always been supportive of anything that I've ever done so to even just have that it it really is a blessing to have That's good. yeah having that support system is really important mm-hmm. I feel like if you don't have it it's kind of hard to to go on with your passions because you're like damn nobody is seeing this nobody's like not saying you should like people just need to congratulate you or anything but like right. acknowledge it at least acknowledge that you're on your purpose you're on your path mm-hmm. yeah um what where do you find your inspiration and where like if you would say do you do you have a muse in your life or things like that i would definitely say my muse is just life in general Mm. i was always one of those kids that just found the beauty in everything just the way that life is and i just found beauty in the ordinary things just even just the sky or just walking somewhere or just being at a certain place at a certain time just life itself just really moved me Mm -hmm. and I'm just really sensitive towards those things so I've been told I've been told I'm a really sensitive person so even the simplest things has the ability to move me in that way and then just in that direction in life so I just use life and I just use that as my muse and as my inspiration every day just waking up and especially my own life experiences and the things that I went through and the things that I had to learn about myself internally and personally about myself and I just really just chose to use that and to just put that into my art because at first it was just an outlet and it still is Mm -hmm. it still is an outlet for me but now now I'm being more vulnerable, especially just sharing myself with more people. Yeah. And it's just a surreal feeling. And just to get feedback at all, whether it's good or bad, it's just, I like it. Good or bad? I'm like mm-hmm. really sensitive to cr- critiques. You, oh. you, you are? Yeah. Criticism is something like I take to heart. But then I reflect on it and I'm like, okay, wait. It was a good point. Don't be upset. I calm myself down from it, but it, I like it's definitely like a pride and ego thing at first. And I'm yeah. just like, you hurt my feelings. But then I realized it was like a pointer that they pointed out. So, mm-hmm. but that's just something on my end. Um, I wanted to say something. Dang it. It's the same with me though. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the same with me. Like at first, when I would get like critiques, whether it's bad or they want me to change something, it I would be like. You're trying to say you don't like this and you don't like this about my art yeah. well i think that it's good and this, yeah. and this and that and i do definitely listen to critiques because obviously they care enough to tell me about something or tell me about a technique or something that i should try and i really do listen to it mm-hmm. but I also have to keep in mind that, you know, I am the one who's creating this work. And obviously, Mm -hmm. if I created it this way, then I've done it for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And to, you know, just to take in, just to take in what's being said and to just take it with a grain of salt as well. Like, especially when I I thought long and hard about before I really just decided to really go forth and do what I do. 
I just thought long and hard about the type of things that would happen, the type of critiques that I would get, and mm -hmm. really the type of people that would see it and say things, whether it's good or bad. And I just had to make that decision, like, no matter what anybody says, whether if they just want to shit on my art or not, yeah. just to, like, keep going. Yeah. Because initially, this is what, you know, I signed up for, and this is what I want to do, and this is what drives me and pushes me every day, so... I just had to keep that in mind. I wonder, another thing I wanted to ask is if you, you did say that you're um, spiritual and that you're going, you like have gone, like, I mean, I mean, it's a journey, obviously. It's something that, it's a continuous journey, I think spirituality is. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you like witness any synchronicities in your life? Definitely. And especially, um, I do think about that a lot. And, um, I feel like, especially the numbers ones and fours, has been prominent throughout my life, and I haven't even realized it. It's like, I notice it, but it's like, oh, it's there, and you just go about your day. Yeah. And, like, the more I really just broke, because I, I, still, I still believe in a God, like, Christianity still exists in my life. It, like, it still does, but it exists in tandem with spirituality. Like, I really have, like, my own way of really connecting to the source. Yeah. And I feel like that's what spirituality is all about, as long as you really just connect with the source and what really brought you here. Yeah. And to really find your own purpose. I feel like that's all that matters, instead of just putting a box around everything. Yeah. So, definitely, um, before I lose track, can you repeat what you said? Again? I was just saying, if you've witnessed any synchronicities in your life, like you said, you said you've seen ones and fours have followed you throughout your life. Um, sometimes, I don't know, like you said, when you like you're inspired by life and how in different moments and like literal like being present sometimes in life. Mm -hmm. um, I see like even just like a, like seeing a blue jay or like a or a butterfly going by kind of like gives me that sense of hope, that sense of like oh like. I'm on the right path or like something directly in my head that I was thinking happens exactly the same way or I'm listening or I'm thinking about you know music or I'm playing a song and I see the name or something like that those things come up and I feel like with those synchronicities it just shows you that like you're on the right path you're literally just following your own path your own you know yellow brick road but mm -hmm. God is with you you know the highest mm -hmm. high the most high is with you on the path as well and it's giving you like oh like i'm here with you like you're doing a good job it's, it's you're good like a pat on the back type thing yeah. exactly and, mm -hmm. and it's like it's guidance it, yeah. it really is guidance and i believe in that type of guidance because there would be times where i need people or someone to talk to and yeah. at a young age I've, I've i've been told that um if you feel like that you can't come to anyone close to you you always have that one person that you can go to always. and it's either God, universe, the source, yeah. or your ancestors, or whatever anybody wants to call it, but I'm just going to say the source. Yeah. So you can always just pray and really just come in contact with the source because I feel like that's a really intimate moment, and I really feel like that the source is really there to guide you along your path, especially when you ask. Especially when you ask for it, and especially when you ask for a sign or ask for this or ask for that. And they don't, they don't hesitate to show you, I feel like, because there's been moments where I've been like, show me, and it will be in the most, in the most random, random ways, 
and but specific to you right exactly yeah. very 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 specific to me mm-hmm. very specific and then I'm sure like we would all have those moments where like hmm this sounds specific but I don't know if this is <laughs> literally I'm like hmm and I go past it I'm like yeah you're you're playing me right now but it's real life like girl that was a sign I was trying to tell you yeah girl but no like, I don't believe hmm, this this just seems sus but okay right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna listen I'm gonna I'm gonna see it I see mm. it but I don't know but I see it so. <laughs> <laughs> So I wonder how we're gonna get over that, but I don't know part. Yeah, because they they're telling us blatantly in our face, but it's like, hmm, that's a little too like specific. <laughs> that's a little too like. Well, I don't know if y'all talking about somebody else. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. No, but problem. those moments I do value them so much because no one believe it's like nothing. No one's gonna believe, and it's it's a message for yourself, but no one's gonna believe you, kind of thing. It's like you exactly. can't even explain what's happening and they're like oh, okay like they only can witness it within their life and that's how they understand it but exactly and it's like uh, it's like i can't even i can't even try to even explain that to nobody yeah. and it's like the hardest and i try to even put it in the most simplest terms and it seems like yeah like they're listening like the person that you're telling the, this yeah. experience to like yeah they're listening but they not they don't really know yeah they don't really know unless they really go through it themselves right. and then they can come back and tell you be like oh you were just talking about this and this mm-hmm. and that and this and this and that happened to me it's mm-hmm. like i'm similar and i'm just like i've been trying to tell you like mm-hmm. shit like that really does happen and yeah. it really does exist and when people really accept that those coincidences aren't necessarily coincidences that they are real and that anything is literally possible within this lifetime it's like a whole shift in someone's mindset and reality can change and just like mine like my mindset changed a really long time ago back in middle school back in middle school when i decided i was more so spiritual and um i have it early on for you that, that sounds like an early time till yeah mm-hmm. i didn't t- i've um yeah no i'm not gonna talk about me right now but not yeah i'm like, just huh? about, like, i was like i grew up catholic so i grew up okay. in the catholic church i went to uh, a private school and after i kept asking questions in religion class so many questions i was questioning it way too much um and then after a while, I was like, yeah, I'm not Catholic anymore. I didn't get my confirmation. I went through, uh, and then I went through Christianity. Like, my mm-hmm. aunt's really part of this church um, back home. And uh, I really, I saw God through there. And then I didn't really like how that really worked for me. So mm-hmm. then I was like, just kind of went through my own path and like, went through my own like, yeah. um, path to Christian, I mean, not sorry, spirituality, mm. and I went through my whole crystal phase and realized I'm the crystal. Like, there's no, there's no crystals out here that can like they, they are good for you. Like, they're good like frequency wise. There's a whole science behind it, but like, right, you don't need other things outside of you other than like you know God and yourself. Like you said, source and just and exactly. getting in tune with yourself is mostly what I try to try to go towards right now. Yeah. So it's it's a definitely a path. I just think that that's a really cool age to like realize certain mm-hmm. things at. It's very very young to me. Yeah. Mhm. And especially um in middle school when I when I initially like I've always known, but in middle school that's when I really decided that I was the way that I am now. Mm-hmm. I was this way a part of the LGBT community and mm-hmm. 
even with me accepting that and finding that within myself that's what made me question christianity even more mm. that's when i really had my breakthrough that mm. is what caused my breakthrough back in middle school when i really questioned myself and questioned okay if i'm this way then i'm automatically gonna go to hell like ain't no ain't no <laughs> <laughs> ain't yeah. no way around it ain't no saying please ain't no saying nothing yeah. like i'm going i'm going straight straight down yeah. ain't nothing yeah. And that's when I really had to ask myself a lot of questions. Well, is is that really true? Considering that I'm a good person and who I love really will determine, you know, right. where I go after this physical life that I'm living in right now, spiritually, will that really define if I'm going to hell or heaven? Mm-hmm. And after a certain amount, certain amount of time, like your gender or your or your sexuality or who you love or who you confide in doesn't really have a say to whether if you really start to go to hell or whether you go to heaven it's really all about how you move through life and how you connect with source and mm-hmm. how you really choose to live your life more than what you love and who you choose to be with yeah. it more so is about how you treat other people and how you treat yourself Mm-hmm. and how you choose to really give back to the world around you and how you really choose to show how grateful you are for everything that is. And at that age, I really just, that's when that whole thing switched. Like, okay, I can't, I can't, I obviously can't even be Christian. Like, I cannot. That, I feel you on that energy, like the whole LGBTQ and like, learning about yourself and being i mean i don't know if you're i identify as like queer i don't really like labeling myself but like mm. yeah that also makes me question like going through that and like knowing that i wasn't the norm if i wasn't straight in in, the, in that kind of religion that also definitely impacts you and, and helps you think a different way and find your own way through spirituality and and, and your belief in god in a different way yeah exactly because um spirituality not even spirituality just being christian or anything i i used to go to church a lot Mm -hmm. i used to go to church a lot and after a certain amount of time me and my family as a collective decided to stop going Mm -hmm. Um, my oldest sister she never even she never liked to go (laughs) so every time we would try to call her and be like hey jenny come on come to church she 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 don't ain't no way boy i just thought it was so funny like of course she believes in christianity and god but she just doesn't like going to church and Mm -hmm. that's so understandable but i was at that age where i was still living with my parents me and my sister and we had to go and even just going to church i wasn't wearing dresses at that age anymore i dressed myself and i dressed however i wanted to come and with that that also made me feel out of place Mm -hmm. and that's what really had me questioning am i in the right space am i in the right space am i truly loved for being who i am no matter how i choose to appear physically and who i love am i still loved the same exact way like through god and i just and at that realization like i just felt so uncomfortable i felt so uncomfortable going to church and after a while we stopped going so (laughs) well it worked out in your favor you're like all right i'm cool (laughs) but i will say um yeah i do identify as gay 
um, lesbian. I do identify as androgynous, but that's also a thing. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Just For real. I know androgyny is is a thing, but I didn't know it was like some like a thing. Like, do you listen to like O uh, Seven O Shake? No, I heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it of them? I didn't know if it was of them, but but it's like it's like a thing, but it's not like a thing. thing. Right. You know, like I know what you're trying to say. It's not like a think thing, but it is. A thing. Okay, okay, okay. Because in her song, she mentions um, they think I'm androgynous. I'm confusing them, but I didn't really think about it. Like androgyny is just like some a being. I didn't even think about it. Like oh, like I am androgynous. Like I never thought about it like that. Yeah, it wasn't. It's it's not a label. It's definitely yeah. not a label. It's just no, something. Yeah. yeah, it's like a, just a way to describe yourself. Like oh, okay. um, like I'm fluid in my masculinity and yeah. femininity. Right. That's how I choose to describe it when describing myself, because I don't. I wouldn't describe myself as totally masculine, but I do have my days where I want to be completely masculine, or I want to be a little bit more feminine than I usually am. So I do have my moments, and realizing that, um, that's something I really also had to accept in middle school and high school too, because it's like. I would get like this thing where people would ask me if I was like, would you ever want to be a boy? And I'm just like, no. And it's like, they would get so shocked because they think that I would, they would just put that onto me. They right. Would, they would just make me be a boy. And it's like, no, I never thought about transitioning. I yeah. never, no, I, I mm. like, I like my body. And, and there's nothing wrong with transgenders because it just means that you're being fully just who you are in this present moment and just realizing that you know who you are isn't you know what you look like on the outside but mm. it's more so it's more so what you feel and trying to put what you feel out into the open to let other people know yeah. like this is this is me and i love this so mm. androgyny for me is really just because i'm fully self-aware that i have my moments where i like I, I'm fully aware that moments my voice can be a lot deeper than usual, or my voice can be a lot more feminine or high pitched than usual, Definitely. or like I feel you. Mm-hmm. exactly, or the way that I carry myself and look can be more masculine and more feminine than it usually is. So I'm very, I'm very, very self aware of that, and that's why I identify as. Yeah. I feel what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you balance, or at least back in the day, you was trying to balance uh, your social life, school, a job. How has that changed now since you've eliminated things that you don't actually want to do? Um, how's the balance for you now when it comes to art and social life and things like that? It's been a lot easier because I stopped fighting myself. Yeah. It's been a lot easier. And I had to stop fighting these expectations that were expected of me and I had to prepare myself for the worst. So let's say like let's say if I didn't want to do these things anymore and I really wanted to follow my heart and what made me happy because I didn't want to be miserable anymore. I didn't want to have that be something that really took control over my life. Mm-hmm. Like like I just prepared for the worst basically and I'm just thankful as it is because I didn't really have to really just act out on work on the worst case scenario. Mm. So I would say my life is definitely a lot less stressful trying to live up to some expectations 
and I see a lot of my friends that I went to high school with, they went that college route. And, you know, it's what they love, and I'm happy for them. But it's one of those internal things that I had to realize that, okay, it's good. It's great for you. It's good for you. But mm-hmm. it's not for me. Yeah. It's not for me. And maybe later later on, later on and down the, along, along the lines, later down, I may go back to school. I may do something with art, artistically, creatively. But as of right now, like, it's, it's not like... Why would I go to school when I could really just get out there in the world and really build my credentials up that way on my own mm-hmm. and to really be seen without having any like school representation or anything like that really just define my being and my artwork. And I feel like school is a good thing. It just, again, it really just depends on the person, but yeah. it's not for me. And so far... It's been great. A lot of a lot of great things have been happening and as long as I've just been being vulnerable and sharing my art and sharing myself, it's like like just making that effort to be in a creative scene and being in that creative environment just really gives you a lot of opportunities that you didn't know that you would have. And yeah. I knew it would have to be something that I had to do to just come out of my comfort zone. Like, I had to make that decision. Like, this was all a decision for me. Like, I just, I knew that I couldn't, I wasn't in a position where I can just, just, just do this and do that one day and do this the next day. I had to make a decision. Like, if this is what I want, then I have to be aware of the positives, the negatives that's going to come with it. And the hardships, the hard times that are going to come with it. And I had to realize, you know, if that's what it's going to be, if there's going to be some hard times, which, you know, it is when mm-hmm. you're when you're an emerging artist, it's going to be some hard times. Mm-hmm. It's going to be times where people are not going to be recognizing you. People, when you're not, when your art's not going to be seen, there's going to be times when you're going to be rejected. Mm-hmm. There's going to be times where you're not making those sales and you're just doing things based off of the soul and passion of love for what you do and that's what it should be about Mm -hmm. and that was just like the discerning decision for me like this is what I love to do and in the long run I'm gonna push and I'm gonna push until I get to where I want to be and even where I want to be is just isn't my end goal yeah there is no end goal so right (laughs) right it's just like a journey yeah and this is a journey that I chose and it works well for me and ever since I made that decision just I just felt so much lighter like I accepted I finally accepted like okay yes I'm an artist this is me I knew this all along I had to accept that part of me for me to really continue forth to where I am now and to where I'm going how do you push past the parts where you said like sometimes you're unrecognizable to those that you've grown up with or things like that when it's like you're keep you keep going with your art and they kind of expected you to stop or something or they expected you to to they might have expected you to fail I'm not saying they were praying for your downfall or anything but they could have expected you to fail and you're still going and and they're like confused and how do you deal with those people or like not deal with them but deal with that impact I guess if they do impact you I don't know but oh hell yeah I see it I see it a lot and it's one of those things that you hear about in music Mm 
mm. where people are preying on your downfall yeah, yeah. or like let's say like you got friends that call you a stranger now and now mm. like let's say you're at a point to where you where your shit actually starts to hit and you blow up and or even call you a stranger because you're busy doing your work and you're always in the studio and we're focusing on yourself and they're like, I haven't heard from you. And, I'm, and it's like, damn, I'm sorry, but I'm really trying to cultivate this right now. I'm trying to make this happen. Yes. They, they can be understanding sometimes if they mm-hmm. really love you. It's just those part, these those parts are hard. And they don't, I don't know if they understand. Like, sometimes you have to sacrifice going out with them to, to finish a painting or to finish something that's a project you're working on. You will, or, to like, or to land a certain opportunity that, right. you, that can further push you along your journey. Right. And they don't understand that. Yeah. Especially being here, coming where I come from, like we spoke over the phone, like yeah. this is a small town and not many people are known for being a painter or being an artist. Yeah. So me with me just coming out and not even not even telling people. I didn't even tell anybody. I just went and did it <laughs> and they just saw me doing it. They're like, Oh, we know you can do this and I'm just like, Yeah, yeah. It's it's kinda one of those things where it's like it's, <laughs> it's like always a superpower. Hidden superpower, hidden super superhero. I think it's a superpower because you can make this and nobody else can. I couldn't re- replicate this. I mean, that's the beauty of you just being you. And yeah. You make that type of art that you like, and I like the type of art that you make. Yeah. So that's the greatness of just individuality, and that's why I love art, just as a whole. Yeah. So like, when you reached out, I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. This is gonna be amazing. We're gonna have a great talk about art and just you know how life really relates back to art so yeah like I was saying about um friends and family who expect you to stop after a year and to really go back into the normal life of hanging out clubbing doing this doing Mm -hmm. that um I love them I love them dearly but it's one of those things again that you have to realize and say to yourself and really stay committed to that and be like this is what I want and this is what I want to do. Yeah. And if I don't do it, then I may never will. Mm-hmm. And I may stay the same. And I may stay complacent. And I may just stay in the city forever. Yeah. And that's something that... The fear of that really just... Just that fear of long, alone, just staying complacent. And just staying here and just doing the same thing. And just being just like everyone else. That is what drives me to do what I do even more. Yes, propels you forward. I feel like it's like a fuel. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Okay, jump. Like, I just jump over it like like a cliff. Like, just jump. <laughs> exactly. And that's why um, I had um, I got laid off during the pandemic mm-hmm. with the job that I had back then when the pandemic just hit. Mm-hmm. Um, my job, they weren't getting any um, calls or services or any any revenue and work slowed down and they had to start cutting people and I was one of the ones that they cut and it was just one of those turning points for me like okay like I'm gonna start I'm gonna start doing this fuck it you know I ain't working right now this is what I want to do why not just take this time and opportunity that I have on my hands to really pursue my craft and ever since then I've just been doing it and I don't regret it ever since 
I don't, I, similar thing happened to me once the pandemic happened in tw early 2020. I got stuck, I came here for spring break with my mom and I got stuck out here for like the whole the whole summer basically. Right. But uh, I was collecting unemployment since, we, yeah, I don't know if you were also. But that definitely helped me because I started investing that money into like making art and like yep. making yes. videos and equipment like this and things like that and I realized why didn't I do this before? And I didn't have the time before because I was always in school and doing other things. But Same. that gave you like a little pause to realize, oh snap, I have all this time. Let me see what I would actually want to do with it. So right. it was a good, I mean, on the, on the good portion of the, the pandemic, that was something that a lot of people were able to see. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree with that. A lot of people were able to take that unemployment and run with it and make the most of it. Mm -hmm. And I really loved that, especially me. I was able to do that myself. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and that's what I really plan on doing going forward now. Because even now, like, I just I just got laid off again mm -hmm. just recently, like, before, like, like I want to say two weeks. Two weeks before we, Not. before today, like, mm -hmm. I got laid off. Worked there, worked there for about a year. And it's like, okay. Like, I told myself I was going to give, like, this job shit another try because it's really important. Like, I need the money right, right. now. Need the income, yeah. Right. So it's, like, especially me just starting off and just gaining that experience a mm -hmm. year or two in. It's, like, I didn't know then what I know now. And I didn't have the tools back then that I, the, with the tools that I've had now, even with the um, unemployment money. So... Now it's like I know a lot more, and now I'm doing a lot more things. And honestly, just I never really liked working for people. So I'm I'm about to like I don't know like I'm really just about to give that give the job shit another try. Mm -hmm. I'm keep trying, but hey, if I don't get another job, so I'm really just gonna I'm really just gonna take that bet on myself. Right. Yeah. And to really just once you start betting off on yourself, really because that's the best bet to make. Really. Yeah, like, I know, like, especially with me just um, just starting off, especially unemployed, I was really just getting a lot of people coming to me for commissions and mm. not even just commissions. I can do commissions. I can sell my original work, and now I'm doing prints. And now, even back then, I started doing custom work on jeans, denim yeah. clothing and stuff like that. It's like four different ways I can really just really put myself to use and really make the most of it. And even with that, I can I can do gigs. I can yes. do gigs where I can do work for people. I can make murals. I can make mm. work for people like I have done. But I haven't necessarily done like a mural on a wall. But I have done work for nonprofits and companies where I have been paid to do or create something. And it's been like one of those the most gratifying experiences ever. So to have someone write a check to me or write a check to Jade Griffin Studio and it's like and it's like damn it's like like what the fuck have I been doing and now I'm really just at that point where it's like it's really just like do or die right now and um I'm I'm about this close I ain't gonna, I ain't even gonna lie to you I'm about this close and I'm about to just bet on myself and just. Because ever since I, like, had the job that I previously had, mm -hmm. that I worked at for damn near a year, like, I, I took a break on doing commissions. Mm -hmm. I took a break on doing painting commissions. I took a break on... Is time-consuming? It's a lot of energy. 
No. I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say time consuming. I would say in a way it's time consuming, but it would take away from me making original work and that's really just um, the okay. just the angle that I really want to go at because I have so many ideas and so many mm. concepts that I can really share with the world and I'm here doing commission works and people are asking me, Oh, do you do custom shirts? Like do you do custom like press shirts? And it's like, No. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. You can I, have a you can have a shirt with maybe your original work on it at some point. Exactly. Okay. That's what I wanna do. Like I wanna do and especially I thought about this when um when I first started out doing commission work, just all types of commission work, I was like instead of me just like doing just commission work just being for the people because that's not what i want to be known for i don't want to be one of those artists that just does work for people i want to be one of those artists that's known for making impactful and inspirational work that's what i want to bring and for a while i really just stopped doing commission work and to really just focus on owning in on my own skill set and craft and to really just stop playing it safe Basically, if you look at my questions, I know I sent them to you, but you're answering them before I can even ask them. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, no, keep going. I love it. Yeah, oh, it was crazy, like because I did go through it like a little bit, but not completely because yeah. it's like I would go back and forth in between looking at your questions and like working on other things, other things that I'm yeah. trying to get down. Because you know, like I said, like I'm about this close to really like making it happen and to just boom start doing everything all over again but mm. this time knowing a lot more of the business aspect of being an artist than mm. i did back then because i didn't really know much i was really just learning as i go yeah yeah. and i'm still learning learning as i go because mm. we always learn more yeah for sure like as we get bigger so with a lot of um research that i've done and a lot of things that i've done I know more than I knew back then, and that's what really coaxed me to really get a job back then. And now it's like I know a lot more, and it's like, okay, I'm about to go back into this full force. I'm about to, I'm about to fucking do commissions again, commit painting commissions. Mm-hmm. I'm about to fucking do them um, this time around. I'm about to do prints. Yes, this time I saw around. I recently posted a picture of I think it was like a blue paint. It was like a painting that was like bluish. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what's title, what the title of it is, but I'll post a picture in the video. You'll see it. Yeah, the title of that, I've done that. That was a sketchbook piece that I've done on, like within an hour. I had to go before work. Yeah. So I finished that within like an hour before I had to do anything. And that, just finishing that within an hour, it just made me feel like, why am I still playing it safe? Mm. If, I can finish, if I can finish a piece of work in a day, one to two pieces of artwork in a day, and do commissions, and yeah. just spend all my time doing work for people and doing my own work if i can spend time in the day doing that just imagine how far off i would have been mm-hmm. if i would have just kept doing that yeah instead of just picking up a full-time job but i just needed that i needed that steady and consistent the security money. of it stability yeah. of it i needed maybe, it. maybe save up maybe i don't know what would help I have zero clue. I will. I would want to not. I right now. I don't work right now, but that's because I'm living with my mom and she's paying for everything, which is not the best thing to, to have. I don't want to mooch off my parents for the rest of my life. For sure. But I want to not be in a corporate job for as long as I can right. and focus on my craft, mm-hmm. which is a blessing. And I think that once you just like you said, at some point maybe if you could save up or something or 
maybe luckily get laid off again and collect unemployment. Hey, and and just um, that's between me, me, me and you in this podcast. Not that I, it's me, you in this podcast for real. I probably exactly. yeah. Um, so and just like uh, focus on your art while you're while you're not in the work field at the at the time. Exactly. Yeah. And I was really um, I was discussing this with my girlfriend right now, like. Because she's aware of everything. I haven't even told everybody that this happened to me. But mm-hmm. I've told this podcast that this happened to me. Like, I'm not even working right now. Two weeks, about a weekend, I'm not working. Last paycheck is coming, like, in the next week from my mm-hmm. job. So, like, I'm really just getting it in right now because I have so many things to do. And it's like, on top of that, I have so many things to do with within my career. Like right now, like like I said, like I, I got a solo show coming up in October, and I got like this kind of like a show thing going on, like a group group LGBT show in St. Pete in the next couple of days, in like four days. How far is that from here? St. Pete. St. Pete is like two hours away. Okay. If you take the highway, it'll be two hours away. But I like to take the long way, so. Yeah, so, like, St. Pete is, like, from Fort Myers. It's, like, two two hours away, but I, like, taking the long way. So, like, it's three hours away. So, like, I really got to save up on my coin that I get. And especially with the type of work that I put out, I know I have the ability to really maintain and keep myself working, whether... I'm doing painting commissions, whether I'm doing custom clothing work, making my own custom clothing, which is like I'm going to do very, very, very soon. I have so many ideas that I want to do for custom clothing. And it's like I really just want to dive full force into my craft. And I knew that I couldn't really do that per se if I were to keep working full time. And if I even were to pick up a job again, I'm not going to do full-time i'm going to do part-time and i'm really just going to dive into my craft more than i've ever done but my thing is it's like i'm i can't go back i can't go back to who i used to be that's not an option Life can't isn't normal anymore. It's not the the same skew that you were looking at it before. It's now a different skew. Like you said, I think you talked about shifting the perspective. I think that now it's a different lens you're looking at life and your life, and and I think mm-hmm. that's a very inspiring and very very beautiful way, beautiful thing. I really appreciate that because it's like, especially, I went through like a lot of things that I never really thought that. I would go through and like literally like some coincidences and some shit that mm-hmm. really happened in the movies that you wouldn't really think that would happen to you in person like life is like a movie I ain't gonna hold you my life is like a movie I think your life could be like a movie no it's like your movie I believe it and like your life is like your movie too like I really yeah. do believe in that so um like niggas really like damn near almost went through like homelessness mm. during the pandemic and not even during the pandemic, like, I just, me and my family, we just moved into a new house this year, and we had to leave, we had to leave a house that we were living in for, like, 10 plus years, because 
the 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 renters is that what we call them the renters they wanted to sell our house mm. and they said we couldn't renew our lease and we had to move and we had less than a month to find a new place dang that was super like it's crazy yeah we lived in a place for in Lehigh for like 10 plus years and we had to move deeper in Lehigh and the rent is even higher at the place that we have now so it's like you can just imagine like how crucial this shit is for me to really just just really go out and just get it and I feel yeah. like I'm put in this position for a reason mm-hmm. so like I feel like everything that's happened in my life was for a reason and hap- and it's still happening up until this point and further down my future and it's like it's really just making me make those decisions like you know what are you gonna do are you gonna keep doing this and we're gonna keep throwing these opportunities at you and you're gonna keep eating or are you gonna fall back and go back to what you used to do and Mm. like I said being complacent is not something that's in my plans I can't be miserable I have to be happy Mm. I have to be free I have to be full of love I have to be full of passion especially for what I do in this life and it this I have no other choice. Going backwards is not an option for me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've seen what staying here does to people around me and I just can't let that happen to me. I I can't. It's okay. it's not what moves me. I'm sorry, but like I, I never saw myself like remaining here. Like I've always seen myself doing what I love outside of here and outside of this community and just outside of this town like i've always i've always gravitated to up north in that more so cultural and creative scene i've gravitated to that because that embodies what i'm putting out Mm -hmm. and that has always embodied what i've always wanted to put out put out since i was a kid and now life just really just took a full turn and now i'm being put into a position thankfully that i can really work myself towards that and continue to push my work out there and that's really just what i aim to do like being here is not like like the creative scene here all you're gonna see and i talk about it all the time like all the artwork you're gonna see here is like beaches beaches mm-hmm. and people having brunch on the beach or like at a restaurant that's the type of art that i see here and it's yeah. it's very dull how did you like if this is totally different from the art that i've seen out here too how did you cultivate this then if you've seen like i mean it came out of you but i wonder how, how what inspired you to to paint the way you do if that's all you've seen definitely like just just having inspirations outside of here yeah outside of here and um like i said like a lot of um a lot of george kondo a lot of um a lot of picasso and a lot of artists modern day artists like um blue blue the great um gianni lee on instagram blue on instagram and a lot of other artists that i admire for their versatility um 
because not only those like the two modern artists that I named, not only they create art, but they also create music. They also do a lot of things in the space where they're just going out and just really getting it. Mm-hmm. And that's what pushes me even more. And it makes me think like, damn, <laughs> like they doing the things that I want to do. Yeah. They're doing the things where they can just indulge themselves into their craft every minute of day of their day and that's how I want to be so I have to embody that and like this the style of my work um especially with the artists oh and there's another artist named um Logan Self on um Logan Self yeah Logan Self on Instagram also, okay. but his IG his IG name is Lil Black Goat. Lil Black so, Goat. Like, Lil Black Goat. Okay. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah, like mm. when you you gotta check it out. His yeah. work his work is like amazing. Mm. I would say he's out of like the modern the top three modern modern artists that I just named, I would say he's at the forefront. And I would say him and Gianni and amongst others that I can't really name off the top of my head, they yeah. really inspire me right now. Yeah. To really just inspire that hunger inside of me to just go out and get it and to really just lock in on my creativity and to really do it because if I don't do it, then I may never do it. So. That was a great, like, ending to to everything, like, to wrap everything you set up. Of course. Um, yeah. My last two questions would just be, what would your deepest aspiration for the future look like? And what kind of mark or what kind of legacy would you like to leave on this this plane of existence? Oh, man. That's a really, really, really good question. I just, um, I was just reading um, this art book that contained specifically Keith Haring's work from when he was a child all the way up until his legacy and career until he passed away. Oh my goodness, yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. Keith Haring is fire. Yeah, like Keith Haring, he's, he, of course, he was a pop, he was a pop culture artist back in like the 80s and 90s and he's died of AIDS and he's also, um, he's also a part of the LGBT community Mm -hmm. and it was something in, in, within his book that he had published long after he passed away for his 50th anniversary like you would be 50 um there was something that he's written like by hand that he written in cursive because you know back then when we were younger they would try to force us to write in cursive cursive, and like in the regular alphabet as well and he wrote that when i grow up i want to be an artist and make and sell my art and i have something similar like that yeah to where i wrote i wanted to be an artist and i keep it i keep it in my closet for when the day i own my own studio space i want to frame it and mm-hmm. I want to put it up and just just really reflect on that. And, like, I really just set out and I've done everything and said that I wanted to do. Yeah. What I want to do, I really do see my artwork beyond gallery spaces. I do see my, my artwork in prestigious museums. Not even just in, like, the culturally live spaces. Just, like, not even just... New York because that's like the number one cultural space that's really just on my mind mm-hmm. like in those top spaces even everywhere like I want to make my art become everywhere not even just in the most notable spaces 
I feel like I really just make my my artwork for the intention to be seen by all walks of life, to really just to really just get an intention on on a perspective that's not really widely talked about or widely even seen or viewed, especially coming from not only a queer lens but a queer yeah. black lens, lens from yeah. the south. Mm-hmm. And even when people look at my work, they're like, is that a boy or a girl in it? And it's like, it's so funny because I, that's something that I get asked in person. So I yeah. feel like I want, I, want, I want people to ask those type of questions. Yeah. I want people to feel what I'm feeling in it and to really gain their own perspective and instance mm-hmm. of what life is and how it should be lived without any labels or limitations or expectations. So, I want that to be seen in my work, and I want my work to be seen in just amongst gallery spaces and just easily accessible, easily accessible to people like us mm-hmm. and to people like me because I know that it's needed, and not only it's needed, it's something that I personally went through in. It's a piece of me, and it's something personable, like personal and vulnerable to me. And people who are like me can relate to that, and they wouldn't really feel as alone, or they wouldn't really feel as if that, you know, their perspectives on life and their views on life is invalid because it is. And to really own in on that, I really just. I see. It would be like a great experience for me, and not only I really just. I really wanted to dive into making my own clothes because like, I feel like that's amazing to really put my artwork on clothing, to have walk, walking, living artwork. Yeah. And that's something that's really going to be impactful. Once you start seeing people wearing your art, it's going to be like, like my piece is on you, like on your body. Exactly. So dope. Yeah. And the people who really support my work for what it is and from what they get out of it because mm. I went to I went to Sarasota last month and just to really be yeah, in Sarasota's those Sarasota's fire I've been to the beach there never I don't know anything else about it I just went to the beach there <laughs> like I haven't really went to Sarasota Beach but I went there to show my artwork oh. and to really just be in, be in a space where my work is celebrated yeah. more than more than it's celebrated here mm-hmm. And to really have my work in a space where people are really analyzing my work and really getting their own experience from it. Mm-hmm. And to have people tell me like they need more work like mine's and yeah. to really just keep going and to keep making the type of work that I create, it really just solidifies my purpose and mm-hmm. what I do. And it's like more confirmation on top of more. And it's like, it's like I'm just very grateful for that. And I just want to expand that out to others and to reach and touch as many people as I can and with my and you will yeah with your art yeah and that's really just the aim for what I really really want to do and I really do want to explore avenues of attaching poetry to my work or attaching like thoughts or ideals to my work to so people can really see my work from not only visually from my perspective but also like through my actual words and see 
like inside of my mind and to see what perspective that I'm coming from and they can really grab that and relate to that as well and not only just my work isn't really just made to be relatable it's made to be felt it's made to be felt it's made to grab a sense of an emotion out of you whether whether you just say you don't like it whether you do like it whether you have an opposing view on it that's really my purpose as an artist and it's more personal to me because it's really just me just sharing my feelings and my thoughts and really just talking about those things that people don't talk about as often but in my own language and in my own way yeah so that's what really just makes it all the more personal and it just makes me just want to keep going until I get to that point to where like my ideals are really in magazines to where people can read about it read about my work or see my work and I just really just want to be as impactful as the artists that inspire me where they're written about on blogs where they're written about in books and things like that that's really just like really just where I aim to be just impactful and really just touching people yeah and that's just and having those aspirations to me are very like I think you like already envision yourself in these spaces obviously you have those thoughts in your mind and probably have you meditate maybe meditate or I don't know exactly what you do but just having those thoughts in your mind and those intentions there's no way that it's not gonna happen I think that I can even, while you're talking, I'm, I'm literally visualizing you in those spaces. So it's just, it's very inspirational to hear and I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's really inspiring. And when I talk about it, and it's funny because that's also what I wanted to mention about the conversation that we had about mm-hmm. having those friends that like see you in a different light yeah. other than what others have seen you. And it's funny because I said that the way that I started out making art, I just, started my page and I just I just did it like I didn't put no other thoughts into any other thought that I put into it I made that decision I thought long and hard about it and I knew it's what I wanted to do so there's no more thinking and I just did it and there's those friends that are like I didn't know I didn't know that you made art and and with them saying that, that meant that they had like this perception of me of what they thought of in their minds. And it's like, really, you don't, it, it kind of makes you feel like you don't think that I was really capable of making the type of art that I'm, I'm mm-hmm. creating. Or it'll be certain things that people would say. Or they'll be like, you know, even if you aren't making any money right now, I'm still proud of you. And it's just like, yeah. I, why would you even mention that? part of me because if I was really I truly in remarks. it exactly because I if I was remarks. like you get them too right I get them too and it's right. like 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 they'll they'll question uh, one particular person uh, has questioned like why I spend so much time editing and posting when it's like I'm not actually making money and it's not being monetized right now but it's like that's the that's of the now like that's just right now you don't know what it's going to be like 10 years from now you don't know what it's going to be it's you don't know how it's fulfilling my soul you don't know what itch it's scratching like we talked about before how like painting for you is like an itch you can't scratch and i feel like for me sometimes i like be anxious about like 
I'm just like I want to do something I can't stop doing it like I can't like if I don't if I go a day without editing it's just I really I was really tired I was really sick that day <laughs> literally that's me man like if I if I don't make that time especially when I was um working at the job I was working at mm. which sucked as I fucking hate them so much <laughs> and Andrew Jared if you ever see this I fucking hate you too I hate you too so much Andrew I hate you guys. what did you do Andrew <laughs> I hate them seriously <laughs> like they were like terrible they're one of those type of people that built and they didn't even build the security company that they worked at Mm. it was handed down to them by their i think by their father i've been told all all the tea by um a co-worker of mine um named dan he was pretty cool Mm. but they don't know how to run a company that really cares about the people that work for them and that's why when I was working for them, a lot of people came. I saw a lot of people came and went within a day, within a week, within a month. Didn't like how they were being treated or something. Or... Exactly. And I've only stayed with them for a year. And I knew mm. that they were shitty. Yeah, yeah. I knew that they were shitty, but that job really allowed me a lot of freedom to really just come in come in late and I didn't have to worry about getting fired because oh. I'll be running late because I'm making paintings at home. Yeah. So, like, I just came in almost... 30, 30, 20 minutes late to work almost every single time because I'd be focusing on my true passion Passion. at home. And it was a situation where um, I got fired because it's like, they, like I drove around in one of their vehicles, right? I drove around in some fucking ratchet ass fucking golf cart. Like what the fuck? So like, Just making sure. Okay, go. <laughs> Tea was getting hot. I had to make sure. Okay, go. Okay, you still good? You still yeah, good? I'm good. Yeah. We still good? We still rolling? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So, like, I just drove around in some in some fucked up ass golf cart, and it broke. And they said, okay, like it broke. Like I almost flew forward out of the damn windshield out of the cart. Oh, goodness. crashed into a whole. Like fire. it just stopped. Like, like it just was like boop. Like, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you got, it's done. It's over. The job's gone. What, what happened? I may have crashed it a little bit. Oh, I may have crashed a cart. A little bit. Kinda, I kind of made a little lie. and said, you know, the cart malfunctioned. The wheel locked up. And it crashed me into the fire hydrant. <laughs> but the truth is, um, I went to sleep because I was exhausted. I went to sleep while I was driving at the wheel of the golf cart. And mm. by the time I woke up, I came hitting... On impact with the fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. And I almost went through the windshield. Knees were banged up. Mm-hmm. And I just... And it's like... I had like a knot on my forehead. And I just walked I just walked out of the golf cart like it was nothing. Like I was like... I just got my book bag. <laughs> I, got, I got my book bag filled with my sketchbook and my drawings. And got oh. out of it. And I was like... This well, wasn't meant for me. Damn, you had your sketchbook right there. You had all the things you needed right here. Yo, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I carry I carry um my purple book bag filled with my sketchbooks, my planner. Why was I thinking Dora and you said purple book bag? I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yo, you know, this uh, <laughs> not Dora. And with a map too, because that place You had a map shit. too, bro. <laughs> I had I had a map. They gave me a map because the place the community was big. I was doing like surveillance around the okay. community, doing security. Oh. So like Is it white people community type thing? It's like a, it's like a, you said it's a is it a golf cart place? No wait, is it a 
What was it? Okay, so it's like a gated community where people okay. live at, and you know you. How have are like, they on the inside? I've never been to one. How are they on the inside? Yeah. Quiet. White people just being uppity. What? It depends on where you're at. I was in Benita. I went to Benita on purpose because it was <laughs> far from home, and I like I just like to be away from home. So mm-hmm. I did Benita on purpose. I went there, and you get some of those very humble, very nice like elderly older white people and then you'll get those pretentious people that will claim that they pay you and i haven't came across any of them oh i did when i started when when the, um one of my supervisors was showing me around mm. the guy was like i pay you da, 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 da. you almost ran my kid over and we literally it was like it was okay we live in like not we live in but i worked in an area where it was like a lot of elderly richer richer elderly people yeah. owned or like live in those hoa communities have you heard of that hoa Mm-mm. where it's kind of like it's kind of like a fairly fairly rich neighborhood where they have like community meetings where they invest in their own community and where they stay at they're mm. that type of rich where they can do that mm. and they're like i pay you and i was just like he wasn't talking to me though. He didn't even know I was in the car. Oh, okay. But you know, it was that type of thing where the majority of the elderly people, they were really nice and humble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they didn't really think of you any less as, you know, as of their own. Mm-hmm. But you have, every once in a while, you have those pretentious ones that'll uh, kind of look at you sideways because you work there. Yeah. Like, because c- you're constantly around outside at night because you work there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It was one of those rich neighborhoods that where they they could leave their garage up and open. They can leave their doors unlocked, their doors open, lights on. It's gated, right? Like it's a literal gate, and someone has to go to. The, like, that's how it is, right? Yep. I guess I leave my stuff open too. If I care, if I really trust my neighbors that much, I guess they trust their neighbors a lot. Mm. And I that's the thing. Like, they live scary. somewhere that everybody's rich and they can afford anything that they want, so they didn't yeah. really have to worry about anything like that. Hmm. Yep, so they lived in an area to where they can do stuff like that. And not only, like, it was, like, a gate community, but it was one of those communities that they didn't even need a gate. Like, their whole community was covered by trees and bushes and, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Like, um, huh. kind of like, you know, kind of like how the bushes you see out here. Okay, yeah. Like a fence around the gate, but it's much taller, much bigger, more flush. Yeah, just covering their whole entire village. Oh, okay, okay. Like it was, it was rich enough to the point where they had their own restaurant inside of the community. They had their own gas station. They had. Their I was own just about to ask, do they leave to go to the mall and stuff? But you just said they had their own like grocery stores. Do they have? No, they don't. They don't have no. They don't have no grocery store. They ain't make it. <laughs> they ain't make it there yet. Yeah, they could make one. <laughs> but they have their own. They have their own gym basketball courts they have their own restaurants they have their own gas station inside the community they um they had their own hair salon in the community i want to be rich <laughs> i'm saying do i want to be secluded that way and be in that pretend like they, some of them weren't pretentious so that's good yeah i don't know good thing i ain't come across them yeah what but. were you gonna do yes oh they ass out <laughs> Ticket I'm surprised. On purpose. Oh, like, wow. Oh, you can ticket them? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, you could ticket them. Like, you know, just based on whatever it was. But at a certain time, I had to do parking violations from 1 to 3. Mm-hmm. And I worked from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. 
in the thing. Why would they have? Why would they do that to their own community? Because uh, they want more money. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. So it's like it didn't make any sense. Yeah. They just wanted to take more money from the people that already lived there. Yeah. But hey, they could afford it because they did. They did park in those places that they weren't supposed Post, to yeah. every day. <laughs> so <laughs> on purpose ticket me i don't care exactly <laughs> i don't care give me 150 dollars i'll pay, pay it for it right now, right now. <laughs> like right. yeah but good thing i didn't really have to face no people because that's one of the things that i really like liked about working overnight you didn't really have to like do any customer service or anything yeah you just really just did your own thing mm. but um yeah so the question was just about uh what legacy would you like to leave here once you're gone yeah just once um, your physical is gone of course obviously you will be left with beautiful paintings and art that you leave us with but right i just want to just leave the legacy of just telling a story about a perspective that's not necessarily talked about especially from a from a black from a lgbtq person from the south just like just as myself because Mm. i feel like our story isn't really told as often or as much but i really just want to leave the legacy of just that journey of self-exploration and just finding yourself through the world as you move through it Mm -hmm. and just that journey alone it's just it's just an altruistic experience and i just want that story to be told through my art and that's what i want to leave i want to leave just with that just being told honestly just that lgbt story being told but in a certain way that's direct because i would consider my works now and going forward are more personal more vulnerable more explicit more direct and i just want to leave that sort of imprint on the world to just be direct and just to be upfront with who you are no matter who you are and to just leave that long lasting impression and to see how that will flourish and how people will take that going forward with just taking what I've done and just transforming that going forward and just to move the world in, into an all better place like, altogether in the same way like you were like like you but in, in the same way you kind of inspired by Picasso but you really aren't inspired but you, you know Picasso is one of the per- people that have influenced you I think you said George Canto and Keith Haring and definitely. Keith Haring like you being another name for somebody else to be like oh like she also inspired me to now do art and like oh I saw somebody that is like me or that looks like me that I can right. that I can relate to is is very impactful and very important yeah and see and seeing the things that I've done and I want to be I want to be one of those people that has a huge impact especially not only on my community but just just upon black people as a whole because at the same time yes i am a part of the lgbt community but like and i do support them and put them on a pedestal and my people and my black people but like i just don't want to be known as those labels or put in those labels i'm an artist altogether and that's my purpose of being here is to tell that story so I just want to be known as that and to tell the story from my perspective because that's what I feel like I was here to do. It's my purpose. So I definitely want to be known, especially 
especially specifically for people like me, by people like me. I want to be known by people who are like me, who don't have that voice or who aren't able to have that creative voice or that outspoken voice that's able to really show the world and really tell people like this is what this is who we are this is what we go through every day these are the things that we have to deal with from day-to-day basis and um I have this idea for a piece that um from an experience that happened to me when I worked for my mom Mm. I didn't work for my mom I just worked up under the same company as my mom doing security and I was in the bathroom and like they thought like I was a boy in the bathroom in the women's bathroom and it was like for it was for like a um a like a you have you ever heard of um family health centers maybe um no like I mean I can assume that that's like a health center for families like I think yeah. I've known of I think it's like neighborhood basically. I have I have one at my in back home so I think I don't you mean yeah family like basically it's like it's basically like an alternative alternative for like a clinic for minorities yeah yeah so yeah that's basically what it's for and like that happened to me in the bathroom I was like no and then when they realized who I was because my mom is like in a she's like in a big she's like in a big managerial position and when they realized like I was a daughter of so-and-so they were like oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, like, relax. <laughs> like, because why the fuck would I be a boy in the girl's fucking bathroom? Yeah. Like, relax. Yeah. And knowing me, like, I had to refrain myself because of the setting that I was in. But, like, I really wanted to be, like, does it, I wanted to, like, come out of the bathroom. I was taking a shit. I was in there for a minute. There was only two yeah. stalls. And they yeah. were like, who's in yeah. there? Is that a boy in there? And then I really just wanted to just get out and be like does it look like there's a fucking boy in here you know but like i couldn't do that because the setting i was in and i didn't want to make that impression especially Especially, yeah yeah with my mom working there especially working the position that she worked in there so i couldn't do it your vernacular is very cool and profound i just wanted to ask you read a lot yes i do i read a lot and it's funny because, like I mentioned, like I'm not really a talkative person, mm-hmm. and for me to even have these headphones on to hear my whole my own voice, I'm surprised. I'm not even cringing at myself right now. That's cool. Like, yeah, you don't even talk to yourself that much. I talk I, to myself all the time. I do. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do because I don't talk to anybody Anybody else. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, so it's kind of cool to hear your voice like on headphone in the speaker, yeah, or yeah, you know what I mean, in a microphone. Right, and that's like a really great compliment. So, like, thank you so much. Um, I really try to. It's. I really try to carry myself that way, purposely, mm-hmm. because um, I don't know. I feel like just just the way I am, especially considering the fact that I do love to read a lot, and I love poetry. So, especially with me learning the type of words that I know and having the vernacular that I have, it really just goes hand-in-hand. Hand in hand. Yeah. And, yeah. I just really appreciate the compliment. Thank you so of much. Of course, of course. Yeah. It's just something I picked up on while we were having the conversation, and I was just like, I wonder what she reads. Like, I wonder what you read. Yeah. <laughs> comic books. Really? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, like, comic books are fire, but, too. No, I do. I do like comic books. I yeah. do. I like comic books, especially a lot of stuff with pictures in it. I yeah, do. Yeah. Especially, like, I've been reading this thick-ass... Keith Haring book. Oh, 
Yeah, like I just like to I just like to read upon the stuff that really inspires me and enthuses enthuses me the most. Like I don't like reading no boring ass shit unless it's yeah. about something that I'm truly passionate about. Yeah. Like I like art and design books. I like I like comic books and stuff like that. Do you watch like any what do you watch? Do you watch anything? Mm-hmm. Like what what what's your favorite genre to watch? If you do you watch movies, shows? I like shows. I yeah. like series. Yeah. I like shows. And I've been watching um the show and I don't and often enough, like I've like the more I've been, you know, taking the time to create, I don't really like watch things often mm. but I don't watch it unless it's like really Good. like if it has to do with art. Yeah. But I've been watching this series on Netflix called Art and Design mm-hmm. and it's and it's really good and it goes it varies from um illustrators to designers from Wall Street and mm-hmm. New York and things like that. And I love it so much. So if you're looking for something yeah. to really like to get into and to like inspire you, definitely watch um or look up just the art of design on Netflix or even insider art insider the art assignment on youtube and things like that and even like art podcasts or like just basically interviews like i just i need to find more art podcasts because i didn't know they have them like it's really hard it's really hard to find art podcasts but let me like be more specific kind of like just interviews interviews of like your favorite creators yeah yeah Mm. or like or like just artists, impactful artists from back in the day, like Keith Haring interviews, Basquiat interviews, mm-hmm. Picasso interviews. Those are all on YouTube too, and I look, I love yeah. to look at those. Yeah, I'm looking at. I used to watch a lot of Nipsey Hussle interviews and Tupac interviews. Don't ask me why. It was just it was a time. <laughs> no hell yeah. yeah, like like I've been meaning to get into a lot of like Tupac interviews. I know that would be interesting. Yeah. And Nipsey Hups Nipsey Hustle too. Mm. So like definitely that's probably gonna be something I watch when I get home while I paint and while I like I'm definitely gonna check out the ones you mentioned too. Hmm? I said I'm definitely gonna check out the ones you mentioned as well, yeah. Yeah, sure. definitely check it out and like let me know if you like fuck with it because it's there, really cool. There's just one thing on um I'm a, I'm gonna mention it after but we're going to wrap this up because it's been two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Jade, for being a part of the podcast and giving us an insight on like what your perspectives are in your life and just your journey of, of being an artist. Um, before we go, actually, can you touch upon this last pe- this piece right in front of us? Just because like, mm-hmm. I keep staring at it. I've been staring at it throughout the whole process. And I wondered like what this meant right here and why you like layered the... I don't know if it's words or why you layered them. Oh, but, the words? Yeah. Okay, so I call this piece The Player's Game based upon the observation that I've had from the pool hall, going to the pool hall with my best friend on New Year's Eve. And just I really just wanted to do a pool hall scene, but I didn't really know how to translate that into, you know, what it is right now. Mm-hmm. And I really just owned in on this concept from going to the pool hall with my best friend and us having a couple of drinks and really just observing the scene around us and pl- and actually playing skillf- skillfully with other other dudes there me and my best friend were the only you know masculine presenting girls there and there were like promiscuous women there watching the guys play and things like that and i just wanted to translate that into 
the most interesting way that I knew how mm-hmm. to translate that image. So the words at the top, they say pool hall at the top, mm-hmm. but I made it in that way in that way so it can become noticeable. Yeah. Because the pool hall altogether to me is a very like like a wow, like in, in like an inviting scene once you're into it. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're really observing the scene, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. And like I noticed, like I noticed the women watching me play and watching my best friend play against these dudes that challenged us. Because at first, when we walked in, we didn't really know how to fuck the even pool machines even work. Yeah. So because we would usually just play at her place where mm. she has a pool table, table at her That's place. Cool. Yeah. So we went down to the pool hall and she was just like, "Go and see if it works." And I'm like, "You go and see if it works. You yeah. see if the pool table works. I don't want to be right here looking dumb." Yeah. So for like a cool like five minutes, we were just sitting there looking at everybody play until this guy invited us to um, play with him. And mind you, we had quarters and shit to play, but we didn't know if the machines worked because they were oddly empty for some reason. The ones that were left open. Okay. So we were like unsure if we were able to even play at them, and we were. Fortunately, when the guy entered his coins in and we're like, okay, so we kept playing for a minute and I'm very competitive, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm not good at pool, but she is. And I'm always taunting her when we play. And it's, it's so hilarious because she would get real serious and I'm just, (laughs) and I'm just like, yeah, I know it's a little hard. I I don't think I'm the best at the pool playing, but it's fun though. I can try. I can I can hit something. It's not gonna be the best hit though at all. <laughs> but like, it's definitely fun. And even with me just like fucking around and just playing yeah. with it, like I instantly knew like, like I caught on to it real fast. Basically, mm. like I caught on to the pool, like to the pool game very fast from just fucking around with it. Yeah. And as like after I would like make one and I'll be like, yeah, boy, you seen that? And she'll be like, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like you made some. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, so it was like real fun playing. And I actually won that game. Mm. I won that game and I was, and I put like the finishing eight ball into it, into the um hole. Yeah. And I was like, and me, we were on a team. It was me and my best friend playing against one guy because he thought he was just like better, the best. Yeah. And he obviously didn't know us new competitors coming in. And I was like, I like for some reason, like I really just got into it and, and just got focused from any other time in that game. And I won the game for us. And I did not expect that. Yeah. I expected <laughs> to win the game for us. Yeah. But I made a lot of um, pool balls going into it. So it was just, it was a really fun experience on New Year's. Yeah. And just watching the um the, the no rhythm people dancing. <laughs> it's always fun to go to like I didn't know they were there cuz I see a lot of black people here or mm-hmm. a lot of brown people, I don't know. Um I don't know if it was like there were there was also a mixture of like white people. Mhm. Yeah. There were. And that's the thing. I said like they're not dancing because mm-hmm. because it was like the palm colored people. Who who what did you say? You can say it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna just say it. It was like a lot of um non-rhythm having, non-rhythm having ass white people just dancing. <laughs> oh, okay. And I, we was just like cracking up, and I, I kept looking out the corner of my eye, and I yeah. and I just saw this guy standing at like this sturdy beam, like feet away from the DJ table, going like, <laughs> and I was just. <laughs> 
like I was just, yeah. I was just like why are you snapping no. and tapping your foot this is not a smoke bar like what are you doing bruh and it was just so funny and they were trying to do the electric slide and I was just like mm. I was just like so is this, was this run by brown like black people cause why the electric slide come on there was no it was literally the only <laughs> they played at their festival what are you what so confused like it was on new year's and in, in downtown especially the downtown fort myers area okay, okay. everybody loves to be out and about mm-hmm. so it was like a mixture in a pool hall but not but the majority was like yeah. a lot of white people in there mm-hmm. and um instead i really just put a lot of like yeah similars similar black people in there because i really just i really just like having that idea and that thought of just black people just being in that space so i just put that in there instead and kind of like um that's where like the idea the the tapping of the foot like the guy is just he was standing up just tapping his foot like this yeah, like okay. that just kind of gave oh, me like. He, oh, I see. He's yellow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that just gave me like the idea of the guy that I saw, yeah. just standing at one of the beams. But like in the piece, I made him sitting, yeah. just tapping his foot, just watching yeah. the other guys play. Um, I do notice in your art that there is a lot more brown. I don't haven't. I don't think I've seen any like lighter toned characters or. Um, mm-hmm. Right there, there isn't. There is. There is, or there isn't. Well, there isn't. And would you ever, like, for me, I had a struggle from, it's opposite for me. I was able to, like, paint and draw white people or people, like, lighter, of lighter complexion easier than I was um, darker skinned people because there's different lighting. And I think you've done this very well. It's just, I wonder, um, is there, would you ever do a piece with, like, I'm not saying you, you need to, I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah, if the concept and the idea calls for it, definitely. I'm definitely going to input more people of different skin tones okay. into my piece. That's something that I thought about, too. And, you know, it's just based off of just, like, if the piece calls for it right. or not. So that's something that I definitely plan on doing in the future because I have a lot of, like, political ideals that I really just want to express in my work, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I just really want to dive deeper and more deeper into my ideals and my thoughts about what's going on in the world today and just to be more vulnerable than what I'm already am like I just really just I'm really just infatuated with the idea of just being intimate with my work emotionally spiritually in tune with my work as I create and I feel like after after this plateau that I hit after just doing nothing but straight commission work like I just just had a breakthrough and since then like I've just been just really just been more owning in on my intuition and on my work mm-hmm. because for so long I've been playing it safe just doing a lot more things that people like to see and want to see but after a while I just really just after a certain time I was like no this is not it and I've just explored a lot more topics and a lot of things that I wanted to do and touch on and that's what I really just aim on doing moving forward because that is more authentic to me facts yeah so again okay well thank you so much again and we'll see you another time on a different podcast but yeah is there anything else you want to leave us with before we go um yeah definitely um if you're in the area 
I'm going to have a solo show in October, starting October 7th through the 31st. And please, if you see yourself doing something, don't don't hesitate and don't feel like that you really have to appeal to the masses because in reality, the masses really just want to appeal to themselves. So you'll only be doing yourself a favor if you really just do you and try to be anything or anyone that you feel like you need to be. Just do you and realize that's all that matters and that's all that's needed and everything else will fall into place. Ashe, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.